I could take out of my life everything except my experiences at St. Andrew, and I still have a rich, full life. But the last tee shot I hit was more like it, that one in the playoff. Against Biden and Ray. That's right. The best thing to win the Masters, you, you will be here forever, as long as, as you are still alive, so that's the best thing. I'm very happy. Welcome to the 91st episode of Talking Golf History, Landman, Building a Legend. At the end of August 2022, Vaughn Halyard of Story Lounge Films and I were invited to play a brand new golf course designed by King Collins a week before it was open to the public. We teed it up with King Collins architect Rob Collins and Landman's owner Will Anderson, and out of this amazing outing came an impromptu podcast on Sweeten's Cove and Landman. This is part two of Creating Golf History, Landman Building a Legend. Again, a special thanks to Will Anderson and the amazing staff at Landman for making us feel so welcome. This podcast would not have been possible without the great partnership between the Society of Golf Historians and the Story Lounge Film Company. To kick off part two, we start with a quick rewind to the beginning of Landman. Enjoy the show, but more importantly, reserve your own tea time at this publicly accessible golf course and enjoy this amazing and I mean amazing, design. If you hadn't been given that leash to do all that at Sweeten's Cove, would we have a landman today like this? No. Do you know what I mean? No, no. And that's a great question. And I, I mean, you know, again, I mean, you have to credit Reese for, for giving us that leash. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different factors <clears throat> that are essentially outside of your control um, with each project. And some of the factors that were outside of our control at Sweetens Cove were that it was a dead flat site. It was on heavy clay soil. It was in a floodplain. These are three wins so far. Big, big time wins. <laughs> big time Everybody wins. Want, if you're an architect yeah. right now, yeah. this is three. This is what Go. you want right here. One, two, three. Yeah. Um, it's in a rural area. It uh, will likely never receive a lot of play. And, you know, these are all like, I mean, socioeconomic, environmental. There's all these things that you cannot control that you inherit. And that all factors into the equation of how do you solve this problem? Like every, every project presents a new problem. And you have to identify what that question is. And then you have to figure out how to solve it. Those are the two important things. And Sweetens asked a bunch of really difficult questions that in, in mine and Tad's opinion required a certain response. And that response was what became Sweetens Cove. And um, so, you know, had we been given, I mean, why the hell would they give an unknown person a, a good piece of land for their first project? But 
But they also didn't give you any rules. That's right. But I mean, right? exactly. I mean, you, we could have wound up with something that was maybe a little more down the middle, a little more vanilla, whatever, because those are that's the, that site was asking different questions. Yeah. And because Sweetens had this super unique opportunity with a client who trusted us, that's what came out. And then, you know, I do believe that, um, you know, we've certainly witnessed this, particularly with Will Anderson and and and, uh, and Brad Roston, our client out in uh, out in Lubbock, and and some of the other people we've worked with. I mean, we're we're attracting kind of like-minded people, and um, it's not by. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just a Vaughn thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and Vaughn Halyard. Um, it's uh, you know we're attracting people that get what we're doing and we get in return what what they're trying to do and it's um you know i like to have in tad too like we like to have clients that we can form you know personal relationships with and it, that leads to things like landman yeah well and, 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 and let's yeah and I'll, I'll, I'll say just real quick i'll interject i, I wasn't here when Rand morissette toured but will relayed something to me that he said that I that resonated with me. He goes, you know, this place is like not corporate at all. It's like a lot of these landman, land like a, a lot of, you know, modern courses, great and everything, but there's sort of this, you know, maybe a little bit of like a corporate stiffness There's a reason to behind it. Yeah. There's a, like yeah. The, yeah there's, there's like a, a, motive, a bunch of spreadsheets yeah. and yeah. all here's these things. Here's our mission statement. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We hired a PR firm out of New York and gave them a hundred thousand yeah. dollars and here's our branding and, you know, like Landman doesn't have any of that. And, um, and I think that's, I'm just bringing that up to the point that, you know, we're, we're finding these projects with people who are, you know, just kind of have a vision and want to do something special. And, and that, that's a good fit for us. So you come to Landman and you see this site like, and then there'll be people from, you know, all over the world coming here in the, you know, the preview play was this week, I think openings September 3rd, September 3rd. and people are going to flock here. There's zero. Oh, yeah. like, it's so I, spectacular. I, I have never, I, I said before Landman opened, I said, I had this feeling in my gut about Sweetens when we built it. I knew we had something special. If you could just see the light of day, it can make it. And the feeling I had in my gut then is blown out of the water by a thousand times about this place. Yeah. So walk us through, you know, let's say somebody's um, listening to the show right before they come play it. If they were to see the site prior to King Collins moving dirt, like setting up holes, what do they see? Like, you know, massive mounds. First of all, I guess we have to paint the picture. I yeah. believe we're like 400 feet above the farmland below. Yeah, we're, we're up on a ridge, up on a plateau, essentially, with a lot of really steep rolling hills. And a glacial ridge, uh, right? Exactly. Kind of this, this, this ridge that was created by um, glaciers that receded. And there's these gigantic valleys and these gigantic hills that the golf course plays through. Over, <laughs> over, around, around yeah. underneath, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not really. But um, but in every which way you can wind around and through and over these things, the golf course does that. And um, you know, one thing we did not want to do in the routing was just 
repetitively stay in these valleys. I mean, you could have had 18 valley holes, but then you'd have uh, these gigantic green to tea connections and it would have been really monotonous and boring and unpredictable. Unpredictable. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like we were talking tonight, I mean, try to imagine standing on the first tee and where the landing area is past the bunkers being another 25, 30 feet high and the area just short of the bunkers being, you know, 40 feet lower than it is. And like, and that's what was there. That was there. That was what was there. And so there's like a, we, we changed a 65, 70 foot grade differential into something that's now far more gentle and walkable and playable. So how do you see that? I mean, like, as an well, architect, like we come out, you know, as, as the common golfer, the idiot, if you will, um, like me drives down the street and I'm on the road and I see it. We all do this, right? We see this piece of a patch of land and oh, yeah, say, we all do. Ooh, if I put a golf course there, but you're seeing things that don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like for the first hole, for instance, I mean, you know, we wanted, we knew, Tad and I knew we wanted to start with a par five. We shot this ridge way in the distance. It was 585 yards away. I said, all right, that's number one. And the answer to your question is, is that like, you know, we have enough experience and Tad in particular, I mean, he's as experienced as anyone in, in understanding equipment and construction methods and everything and, and what's capable, what you can do, what you can't do. Tad set up the construction program for this project, which was brilliant. And, um, you know, it's like we knew that with a couple of D8s and we ended up getting some scrapers in here, we knew what those machines can do with it. really talented operators. I mean, we worked with some of the most talented people in the world on this project. I mean, it's crazy. It was like an all-star roster of people that were working here. And that was another serendipitous turn of events. You know, this golf course was built during COVID and there was a little bit of a dip there for a little while. And we were able to work with some guys, um, you know, that, that probably normally wouldn't be able to work with. Like, um, you know, Jeff Bradley was out here, um, from Cork Crenshaw. We had a, a an appearance for uh, Jimmy Craig and Dave Axland, um, you know, they, they helped us out. And then of course, Mark Berger was here. He built 14 of the greens, absolutely crushed it. You know, our guy Gus who built Sweetens was here. We just had like these just John Ellsworth. I mean, unbelievably talented people here. Uh, did, did Heritage Links? Was Heritage you know, Links? Yeah, were yeah. they here? A little yeah. inside joke yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that, that that is an inside, uh, but I will say Heritage did help us out with some some bunker liner. But that was uh, there was a gentleman earlier asking about. I think he asked you three times. Three times he in was, a row. He had he had, had, he, he had, had, had uh, a, a, a few extra. Um, what do they call them? What are those drinks? Uh, alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, we we were lucky to work with some amazingly talented guys, and um, you know they just pounded it out and. Um, there's a little thing in the clubhouse, a little picture that kind of shows the routing before any construction was done. And you can see, you know, these massive ridges and it really gives you a sense of, of how it was done. And, and it makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I look at it. I'm yeah, like, like wait, what's that? I, I mean, I know I, I've come out here and I wasn't here. I know Vaughn, Vaughn made the trip and I, I you're saying, yeah, we're going to, we're going to play over this ridge. And I'd be looking at it like there's not a golf hole there. Yeah, I just well, you're, you're, I think you're sugarcoating what you do a little bit because again, I, let me ask the process. Let's walk through the process so you know 
the opening hole is going to be a par five. You have a general idea of where the green's going to be. Yep. Is, is your process, are you working kind of organically when you're, when you're shaping that hole or you, do you draw it out? Well, there What's was a, there like? was an initial drawing, but those really are just there for inspiration uh, and to kind of give people an idea. Um, and then it's all done in the field. I mean, we're, we're, we, we are a firm that puts a lot of trust in, in the guys in, in the seat of the machines because they're very, very talented people. We want guys engaged in, in, into the project. You I know, mean, that, if I'm a shaper not, for you, I mean, they would love it because they've got to love well, it. Well, they love it because they're getting to put their own input in. Yeah. Um, they're making their own mark. They're, you're not just squeezing them to death. Um, you know, but it's also like, you know, we'd like a gentle undulation here. It's yeah. go out and be a, give me a rock star. Yeah. Do some fun stuff and we'll react to it. And then, you know, what I say is, is like, we give the guys a box in which to work. Okay. If they understand the confines of that box and what we're looking for, then 99 times out of a hundred, what they lay down is going to be where they're going to crush it. Um, there's always going to be little edits here and there, but you know, you just let them go and then react to it and tweak and do this and that. And then eventually you've got to finish golf hole. And, um, you know, one of the things about this landscape is, I mean, it's so vast that the guys could do what's called hiding their fill. You know, so if they made a gig- if they made a 20-foot cut off of a ridge and filled it into a valley to make the valley and the, the ridge relate better and, and be walkable and playable for golf, you could tie back into the natural grade in a way that once all the native grasses are in and they're starting to grow in, Things are maturing out here at Landman. You look at these things and you, for instance, on number one, you would never know that that hillside was 25 feet higher. No. It doesn't look no, like it. No, it looks it feels, very it feels like a roll of the hill. That's right. And so our goal was almost like a reverse engineering in a way, like move all this dirt and then lay the golf course down on top of it. And it's like our goal was to have what appeared to be a just very natural presentation, original lay of the land golf course that's been here forever, but it took a lot of earth movement to get there. Yeah. Does that, that yeah. make sense? Yeah, 100%. That, 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 was, that was the goal. And, and it needed to happen. Like that's that. right. Right. Absolutely. And so, that's the way to honor this land and, and make it work. So can you name any examples of a shaper out here, you don't have name names, that did something that was so outrageous, like you're like, ooh, I would love that, but they'll murder me in my sleep if I make that happen. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, there were, there were some, um, like any project, it takes a little bit of time to get into the flow, mm-hmm. okay? And, it's like um, early days of the cut, yeah, yeah shaping. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so there were, there were a few grains um, that were built out here. Vaughn was out here. Um, one on 13 and, and one on 16 that when I saw it, I looked at it and my first thought was Rory McIlroy could not play this golf hole. Yeah. And it, it wasn't what we'd asked for. And, um, we, it was far too difficult. Yeah. And, um, our number one thing with this place was that it needed to be playable and it needed to be walkable. 
and it is an extreme environment. There, the wind blows its ass off. Um, it, it, you know, in its natural setting, the hills are too steep for golf. We had to do things. We had to soften everything down and give enough width to 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 have playability. And yeah, I mean, the the greens are kind of in a lot of sense like like a lot of golf courses. I guess the star of the show, and they're gonna out here and they're gonna steal a lot of attention. And you know. People say, "Oh, you know, these greens are crazy." I don't think they say that in a in a pejorative sense. I think they just they're they're crazy or whatever. And but that is too, in my opinion, too simplistic of a explanation of these greens. Yeah, give your explanation of your like your thought process on greens. These these greens are. I mean, I've never seen a set of greens like them. Um, and they are bold, but at the same time, Tad and I knew, and this is back to the point of the guy couldn't play into the Roy McElroy grain, or nobody could, was like we knew we could not build 18 Sweetens Cove greens out here. If you've been to Sweetens, the greens there are very bold. They're oftentimes segmented. Um, that We had to pump up everything to make it work or be interesting at Sweetens. Here we had to tone everything down. So all of the greens at Landman really are after the dirt was moved basically lay of the land what i would call a lay of the land green you can run it onto most of them um or pretty much all of them um but unlike the greens at sweetens um there are massive areas for the most part seven being an exception um of of pinnable surface you know two percent or less um you know to me number one you know it's just kind of a nice it's bold but it's you know got kind of some cool rolling contours two's a cool boomerang green i mean i guess the shape's eccentric but there's nothing i don't think that's outlandish in the center of the green three you know it's it's a cool shape got some cool stuff going on play it off different sideboards and things but Basically, what we were trying to do was just build 18 really distinctive greens that fit into the setting where they are on the golf course. Makes sense. How how does seven set itself apart? Seven sets itself apart in that um, the the green setting is is quite steep. Um, And... Uh, the green that was shaped there, it's a, it's a short par four, which I'm a sucker for. And, and the ideal line is to come in along the long axis of the green. And it's this kind of cascading green that comes down that's um, it's kind of like a little bit more segmented version of like 16 at Pasa Tiempo in, in a way. I mean, it's this kind of jaw-dropping green they're like oh my god is there any pinnable area oh my gosh no you're right you're like i can't i don't think there's um my ball's not going to stop on that (laughs) i think we we had two stop on the green mine and ty ty birdies the hole i think he went like ty's a little 13 year old he's not little he's 13 year old out here shoots one under par first time ever seeing the course and he he sticks that to like 10 feet i am a coward i go up the big part i just take the lazy shot and lay one out i've got 20 feet and i'm happy He's just firing at flags the yeah. whole day long. It's it's amazing, but I mean that green. 
But man, that's bold. It's bold. It's, it's almost like if you can imagine. It's almost like the letter the, P. Yeah, that's the green that almost. I mean, the, 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 to me, is the most marginal. Well, if you were going to talk about a green that was really pushing the envelope in terms of playability, number seven is the one that to me pushed the envelope the most. But, but it's a short par four. But it's a short par four, and <clears throat> it is completely playable, and it's really a fascinating green in that there are so many different ways to access the different locations from where, wherever you are. And, and that to me is very McKenzie-esque in how he described like the Sitwell green. I mean, really and truly, I'm, I'm just realizing this and just talking to you that while we did build a homage to the Sitwell green in 17, which that'll take a lot of oxygen out of the room when people play this place, this 34,000 square foot green with these massive, massive yeah, transitions. Unbelievable. Um, number seven is almost more, it's more like the original Sitwell in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Because it's more these little pockets in how yeah. McKenzie. Or, like, or even to, like the original Augusta <coughs> National Greens, right? Yes, that were exactly. just funky and like just cool and, and sloped. And weird and, and wild. Yeah. And, but like you can, you get in the right spot, man, you can get there, you get in the wrong spot, buddy, you're in trouble. But you can still get there, you right? Can, but like, if you play a really clever shot, yeah. you know, you can you can bank it off of this contour and, and get it there and, and you'll be fine. But that's where the local knowledge comes in of like, figuring that stuff out. And I think that's really, really cool that we have that green on this golf course. And then it's followed by number eight, which is this little, you know, fall away green. That's basically a pretty flat contour falling away from you, but it's like really treacherous and scary. And it's a completely different experience than, than seven. And each green has its own kind of character and life about it. I think that um, number one, keep the place from ever being monotonous and it'll provide a, a you know, a, a, a challenge each and every day that's different depending on the wind and where the pin is. So we're up at the clubhouse tonight having dinner and, you know, we have folks from like golf digest golf and, and golf magazine. Uh, you know, these are panelists that evaluate golf courses um, and all of them are trying to, communicate with each other in a way of that maybe only they can, which is like a, a comparison, right? So, which is hundred percent natural, right? Yeah. No, it's like, it's kind of like this, but it's like this. So if you're to step back, right. So from this unique design, if you're pulling away rather than comparisons, let's go for inspiration for some of these holes and maybe walk through some of the key holes that 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 yeah. carried some kind of inspiration from a great golf hole, for instance. Well, so uh, one of my favorite golf courses in the world is on the other side of this state, uh, Sand Hills. Absolutely. And uh, the first hole at Sand Hills is just this absolutely amazing par five. So true. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And I, along with Tad, thought that we had an opportunity on this amazing site after the dirt was moved to build a par five that was every bit as stunning and strategic as that great golf hole. I, I, I don't, that, not trying to sound obnoxious. No, I think that, that, I that's mean, just, yeah. that, that's what we, that, that's. As an what, artist, that's, that's what, what you're, you're that's, this is an inspiration. That was our inspiration. And 
I mean, I think the first hole at Landman is incredible. It's an amazing hole. And the green is incredible, and it will change every single day. And it just, you stand up on the tee, and, and I have the same just like, oh, my God, this is so exciting reaction that I have when I stand on the same first tee at Sand Hills. And the second hole, um, we found this ridge line that came screaming down to this little plateau when we were routing it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like the second hole at National where yeah, if you is. like go on the exact right line up on the left side, you will run down on the green. And, and it, that was very much inspired by the second hole at national. Yeah. It was just so having that as the same number that, but it was that, you know, if you read the yardage book, you carry that thing, carry that bunker. I, I put two balls in the last two days, one foot from the front edge of the green. Yeah. I mean, that is so fun. And, and the hole is way, way longer than I can hit a golf ball. But if you can carry it far enough to get to this steep slope. Yeah. It takes care of it. It takes care of it. Yeah. Um, I was playing with uh, a guy today who, who made a comment about the third hole in the Barranca feature, um, which was, you know, has a kind of a pasatiempo type of flair. To I, it. Well, I, I thought I, Riviera I, when we talked I, about I, the Riviera other day, right? Not as example. wide, obviously, yeah. or deep, but like. Yeah, yeah. no, Riviera is another great example. Um, I love Bel Air. I mean, they've got some of that stuff out there. Um, but he, he made a point. He said, this is like a bottle hole. And I did, I never. I'm like, huh, yeah, you're right. Like, I didn't, that never occurred to me. Um, the fourth hole was designed on the hood of a, uh, a dusty uh, John Deere Gator. <laughs> I did a little, little sketch on that. Um, and that green uh, was a total in-the-field job. Uh, Tad and I were working with Trevor Dormer and um, on building that green, and Jeff built those bunkers, and we just kind of kept tweaking it and... Um, I really, I really love that green. Um, five was like this unbelievable backdrop in, there's actually a little bit of a reverse Redan kick on the left-hand side. If you play it on that left-hand side, it will funnel left to right. And we put this big roll feature in the middle of the green, which I'm a huge fan of Garden City. Yeah, me too. I love Garden me too. City. Absolutely. And I love Garden City's greens, how they just like sit on the ground. Yeah. And that is like, number five at Landman is like a gigantic version of a Garden City green. Mm -hmm. And um, it's 25,000 square feet, and that roll in the middle is inspired by the uh the the 12th hole at garden city and the, the those yeah. really strong features yeah. there okay um number six is this again i have a fall away green fetish um the, the sixth green you know falls away kind of just canted with some really cool rolls uh, we discussed seven eight eight falls away um nine we had this ridge coming in on the right hand side on nine and uh, I was like, man, what if we wrapped that around there, kind of like a reverse version of um, the that that green at um, at Crystal Downs? And you know, it's it's like a smaller. It's not as pronounced as that, but that's kind of like yeah. just what that yeah. was giving I know us. What you mean. Yeah. 
tens of punch bowl. I mean, just beautiful punch out bowl. of this world punch bowl. I mean, I, I have a th- working theory that most punch bowls and redans don't really function the way they're supposed to. Mm. Um, and what do you mean? Particularly like the modern versions. Like I've found that they don't actually like, they look really cool, but they don't actually do what they're supposed to do. The yeah. Like yeah. It's not moving to, the ball yeah. to yeah. where it's supposed to move. Yeah. And this one does that, <laughs> man. I mean that, and it's, I mean, I would look at it like, I mean, I'm trying to think of a feature that would, if you think the punch bowl at um, stream song black is big, like this one yeah. gives it a run for the money. Oh yeah. Like there's, yeah. you know, both are, are, well, can be blind. Yours, I suppose has a reward for the, the line of charm, right. if you will. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it opens up on the right. This idiot missed that line of charm. <laughs> and I had like a 20 foot dune in front of me. I've got, Ty's dad, Sean, running up on this dude, like flagging me down. And I'm like, there's no way the flag's over there. You're wrong. (laughs) You know, and it's, I mean, the blind shot is like one of the great gifts in golf. Because you, you may know, like someone's telling you it's right here. And you're like, you're an idiot. I'm going to hit it. You know, you just, you can't sometimes make commit to it. Yeah. And I'm asking him questions. Like, it's like a 20 minute seminar on like, how much more green is there to the left? Yeah. You know, cause I'm yeah. hitting like into this oblivion of yeah. like, like waste how area. Can I be that far? There's yeah. no way. Yeah. And then I, and then I, you know, quit on it and I've got like a 30 footer cause I didn't do what I was supposed to, but yeah. I'm on the green. And I mean, I don't understand how people don't, I mean, I listen and, and I, maybe the world's boring if there's a punch bowl on every golf course. But damn it, give me that kind of boring. Just I give know. me one. Give me, yeah. give me 18 I, punch I bowls. One. Yeah, 18 punch bowls is yeah. fine. 18 it's like that Saturday Night Live skit. 18 follow-away I need more punch bowls. More, more punch bowls. Yeah, exactly. Um, 11, we were working with Mark Berger, um, who's just this awesomely talented shaper. Done a bunch of Ross work. And he and I were kind of noodling around with the way this thing would kind of work around this bunker and like the bunker relationship, how it relates down to 12 T's and all this. And we kind of came up with this wing pin and Mark was very inspired on that left wing pin and the way it rolls up on the back. And he's like, man, this is like, I've done this like on so many Ross restorations. This is like really Ross. I'm like, man, that's interesting. Like I wasn't really thinking that. And that was Mark putting his you know, own brilliance yeah. into it. And, um, you know, that green is, is, I love that green. I mean, it, you know, it runs in on the front. You, I mean, you can, if you play from the far left side, I mean, it, you could put it on from 50 yards out practically. Um, 12 is like the Nebraska version. Okay. So when I first saw 12, I thought of number Oh gosh, uh, is it eleven at Shinnecock, the short mm-hmm. par three? Um, That's that was your first thought. That, that was like, my first thought. Was just like this amazingly bunkered green complex with this kind of green up on top of mm-hmm. the hill, um, and then it became more apparent over time that really the the better comparison, like strategically, is the twelfth at Augusta National because. It's like the Nebraska version of 12 at Augusta National. It absolutely is. Because it's the exact same angle from the main tee. There's a lot of different tees where it doesn't play that angle. But from the main tee, it plays on that angle. And it's like the farther right you go, like you've really got to hit a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. 
play it out left and two putt. Yeah, I, I, I'm, let me look at my notes here. It says here that you purposely put it at 150 yards <laughs> because you know I can't hit 150 yards. <laughs> exactly yard right. <laughs> we were playing yeah. yesterday, yes, like at right. dusk. Yep. And, you know, I, I think I just said, like, you know, funny thing is, I'm a pretty long hitter. But I've got a club, eight iron goes 160, so it should be the nine, but I can't hit the nine to save my life. I, I, I go into punch shots yeah. to get you know, some kind of manufactured 150, and we turn the corner and we get to this, the 12th hole at Augusta National, and it happens to be 12th here too. <laughs> and here we are looking at 150. Here we go. Shot. And Rob gets it on video, and it's like, I hit the shot, and it's, of course, it looks really good. It looks right really good. And I'm turning around, I'm like, nope, right into the bunker, <laughs> like right it, like the same shot I actually hit in Augusta in the water was the same one. <laughs> it's like 150 yards. It, it should be a let, let's go on record right now. You're not going to design any more courses with a 150 yard shot. We're on, we're on the record it's with that. That's the, record. the last. This is the last one. In fact, we're going to move that green forward for 10, 10 yards it, next I, year. Boom. Next season. It yeah. just happens. I talked to Will about it earlier. Yeah. Today, so oh, that's good. good. That and a yellow golf bag, and I'm a happy man. That's right. Um, Thirteen. He's getting that off of 12 real quick. He's yeah, changing the subject yeah, from that promise. Yeah. Go ahead. 13 kind of just happened. We wanted a real lay of the land green. Um, you know, I wanted 13, and Tad did, to be a hole that provided a lot of different strategy and interest, but one that was a bit of a breather because 12 is a kind of a crescendo point in the round. Is okay. thir- 13's, 13's the 13's dog leg right? Par four. Yep. It goes down and down, then back Down up. and around. Yeah. Yep. And by the way, I'm just going to say this on the record. I believe we had just finished 12, and we, the, you know, the, the gentleman here in the room, C13, and, and it might have been, it might have been you over here, Josh, and he was like, "This is a breather." Like it says on the scorecard, this is a breather. Yeah. And he looks out of this like vast, <laughs> like swaying land of like yeah. bunkers out yeah. here, and you know the yeah. swale going down to the That's right. Pretty good. And it's you know. One of the things by landman standards, it might yeah, be. No, really, I mean, I think everyone. I think point. everyone yeah. played it well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but there, there's a shock and awe out here. Like, there is. I think when you see the elevation changes, specifically maybe with that shot, is when it takes off. A good shot, obviously, takes off with the driver on that hole. You're like, I hit that through the fairway. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a drop off yes. of I don't, 100 feet. Or yeah, something it's just crazy. way downhill. And yeah. it just takes off into the horizon. And you're like, that's never going to land. Yeah. And then it lands. First of all, there's so many times you hit balls and you, and you cream it. Maybe you're hitting it 300 yards. But when it lands, you're like, God, I didn't hit that very far. Yeah. Because it's so vast. It's it looks so like big. it went you just 240. Don't, you don't, exactly. It messes with your mind so much. And, um, and you know, I give a lot of credit to Mark, too, on that green. I mean, um, he massaged that thing in there where, you know, you've really got to make a decision on where you want to hit the ball in the fairway, depending on the pin and, and what kind of visibility you like, what kind of angle. It's really a pick-your-own-poison kind of hole. And then yeah. you, you pick it apart from there. Well, and it's I'll tell people un- who are playing it. Strategy. You're in the fairway. Let's say you hit a good shot. You've got somewhere between 100 and 130 yards. Oh, maybe more if you're not a long hitter. But it, one of the camouflaging elements of that green is the elevation. Yeah. And so you may think that the green is deeper and toward you than yes. it actually That's is. That's right. That's right. So yeah. uh, I think, you know, I, th- I, I hit it on the green, but I think there were shots into the green today where we're like, ooh, that's going to be really. And, and I hear from the side, short. And I'm like, how is that short? No it's right at the flag. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there is that element. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of the, the trick. I mean, if you, if you hit it down there and you're not going to see the surface of the grain, it makes that visual deception all the more pronounced. And, and I know um, you're, I know you're going to go to the next hole, but I think one thing to take away from this is, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm trying to think through every hole kind of at the same time, but they're really fair is not a good word because golf isn't fair. Right. I mean, we get rolls and kicks and, and bounces, but I don't think there's any time on the golf course where other than a blind shot that you are deftly surprised by the danger your ball finds. Right. Like you're not putting a bunker out there hidden that you can't even see. Yeah. Unless it's a blind shot for, you know, you hit this shot and you're in a bunker because it's blind from right. the fairway. Right, right, right. And so th there is that sense of, you know, destiny when that ball's in the air. And you're yeah. like, uh oh, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. like, eh, man, didn't yeah. quite pull that one off. And, yeah. and sometimes you're saved by the, yeah. the rolls of the fairway and sure. it, it, you know, eludes it. And other times the fairway says, welcome yeah. to this bunker. That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's also amazing. No, I think that's a great point. And, um, no, that's, that's certainly true. And 13, 13 has that aspect. I will say one thing real quick. I mean, I think any good routing, any good golf course has its, ups and downs in um, as many sort of emotional high notes as Landman hit, I always saw the 13th hole as an opportunity to just take the temperature down a little bit because 12 is such a high. I mean, you're seeing 13 holes, you know, from 12 tee box. It's this visually stunning hole. In um, 13's like, Okay, you know, the green itself is like probably one of the least severe on the golf course. Um, it's tricky um, because everything's breaking back down the hill. It, it, when it looks like it's going the other way, it's like one of those lookout mountain greens where you're like, this thing's going to break left and it's breaking right. And you're like, well, how the exactly hell did that right. happen? Yeah. Um, so that's something to get used to. Um, but then on to 14, I mean, that's our version of the Redan. I mean, um, 14. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a mark. Mark shaped that green. That was the first green I ever saw Mark Berger shape. And there's moments on projects where you almost get goosebumps or just like, you're like, oh my God, we are going to just put the pedal down. Here yeah. we go. Uh, Mark, we had a bit of a mess on our hands with the way the dirt was turning out on 14 during construction. And it wasn't shaping up the way we wanted the green, the green. Yeah. And we were wearing the dirt out a little bit and Mark, um, came in and he knew exactly what we wanted and he magically tied the bow on this thing. And it was like, I saw that green for the first time and I was just like, Oh my God, like this is the coolest Rodan I've ever seen. Like, I just was like, Mark, this is amazing. Like, don't, yeah. don't, don't even look at it. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and don't I, even breathe on it. <laughs> so it's 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 rare. I think probably most of my golf company when I play golf are, are like folks like Vaughn, right? So you know who has um, you know an education of golf course architecture and the template holes and CB McDonald and Seth Rayner and North Barrick specifically with the two in relation to the Redan, and so you know we went out there today and again you know we're playing with a father and son and ties you know, the best 
what, U13 player in the state of Nebraska. He's number one, 13 and, and younger, right? 11, yeah. Um, so he's out there. He's never experienced a Redan. And, and then, you know, I get to the tee box first with him, and I'm like, okay, here's the thing. You know, you're going to want to hit it at the right side of the screen. And if you can, hit it so far that it hits the back corner of the green, and it'll go that flag. And he's looking at me like, you're crazy. Nope. Nope, nope. And then Vaughn comes over and he's like, okay, yes. See, there's a cart path with yeah. the edge. You're going to hit it then. And the kid's just looking at us like, I, you know, he's, I think he is two under par at the time, maybe three. And, he, you know, he, you could tell even in his swing, like, he kind of, like, didn't believe us. So he put, hits a push. And it's, it, and it's, and it's going to miss go. the green. And, and Ty turns around. Like, not in disgust, but, like, disappointment and just starts walking away. And we, like, grab him, like, whoa. He misses the green, like, four yards to the right. And it's heading on that far trajectory. And we're like, mm, you're going to want to spin around. Just turn around and watch this thing. And, of course, you know, and I'm like, all it needs to do is touch the green. Just get to the green surface. If it gets the green, just one roll. this thing is just in it. It made it on the green by like maybe two rotations. That's so awesome. And then he watches it. And you could just see, I, I don't want to speak for a 13-year-old, but there's this revelation of, it's yeah, it's astonishment. It's, it's that moment where, I, I don't know, you know, I've taken people out to play probably a, a rainer before, but I, I think there's something about taking someone who's not an adult. Oh, for sure. Who's never seen it. And it was like, it was like Christmas, right? You know, you're like, you're opening up this present and it's that one item that's been sold out for like six months and your parents told you couldn't ever have. And it, it, I mean, his eyes gets big and he like lips out, right? On, Unbelievable. On, on, the, on the whole, on, on what would be a whole in one, which I did the day before and Vaughn did the same day. And it, it was special. Yeah. It was. That is so cool. I mean, that just makes me so happy. I mean, to, to know that that ball behaved the way that we, you know, that it was massaged and worked over in construction. I mean, what a thrill. But And, and, and more to, to it is like you, you, you introduced a 13-year-old in this case to yeah. a piece of architecture where they, I mean, I, they, they in the sense of public golfers, generally speaking, have been said you aim at the flag absolutely and here is a scenario where you're aiming you 30 40 yards right at the flag do not go at no the flag. one's gonna go over don't there ever go at the flag. you know yeah ty don't do that on your normal muni course it's not going to turn out well but <laughs> here it works that is so amazing i mean that what that's i love that and, and i'll be honest with you i think that one moment for me was as special as any moment I've ever had on a golf course, wow. because yeah. in, in not my you know in my sense because I put it in the stupid bunker the second time I played it, but um, you know if you could not put a bunker <laughs> there that'd be great, bad architecture, but whatever. Hate that, hate that no, but I mean just I don't think I've ever had you know I've had you know lip outs on Eden holes and you know things like that, but it was the one time where. I got emotional about a shot that I didn't hit yeah. that had no ramifications in the professional, like Tom Watson, yeah. you know, losing the open. Yeah. And here's this 13 year old that just, there's his eyes got bigger. Like, you saw the changed. light bulb. Yeah. yeah. 
the possibility. That's he, the best compliment the I can give you. No, well, that's it's amazing. I mean, he saw the possibilities and saw around the corner a little bit. Yeah. And, and he probably liked what he Behind saw. the curtain a so little exactly. bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's amazing. Not to throw you off, it gave him insight into secrets that other kids no, that for sure. had, and now he... He possesses a little... Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And it really affected him. He was really lit up. That's awesome. Well, he was a cool kid. I, I'd like. I'd love to play. I'd love to get beat by him out here someday. <laughs> it was. It was. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm older than you. Yeah. And you're beating me badly. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I don't like you, kid. <laughs> that's right. Well, I did teach him how to put backspin on a putt. There you go. Exactly. You know. Yeah. That look he gave you after that one, and I think it was on the very next hole, by the way, fifteen. <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, how do so- you transition away? You you just have this magnificent. Par three, Redan. You go into the fifteen. Like what? How at do we the, get at this there? point in time, you know, I feel like Landman, as those last holes wrap up, is like a, you know, the end of a, a Led Zeppelin song or something. I mean, it's this, it's this, the, the pounding drums and everything. I mean, it's, it's, we've got to keep the pedal down. Yeah. And um, and so you know, fifteen has this. I think a really interesting par five, um, tough, tough hole. Um, but you can get there in two if you really pound two. And then there's a question of where do you lay up? And if, if you want to, want to lay up, where's the best spot? You can hit Rob, Rob and I have different games. I think it's 600 yards. Yeah. I don't know what, where, are we playing the same course? Was <laughs> I on the wrong course today? Rob, Rob hits the ball like a mile, by the way. <laughs> uh, unfortunately I could not, I couldn't get, get those putts to fall, but, um, it, it's got this, Massive green, yeah, twenty eight thousand square feet. Um, but it has this huge trench through part of it. It's kind of like a modified Baritz. It's not really a totally a Baritz, but it's kind of a Baritz. Like the back side. One of the things that's cool about Landman is like there's all these different pins on that that hole that are of like so many different shades of difficulty yeah like there's pins kind of on the left and the front that are like really really easy like it's flat basically and then down in the valley like i don't think i haven't seen one in there yet but i don't think that's really a hard pin because it's like it's going to collect down yeah, in there and yeah. then the back right's like really really hard to get to um but there's probably and as dramatic as that green is like i think that green works really well because there's probably like i don't know like 18,000 square feet of green that's like under 2%. Yeah. Like you could put Not where the flag was today, oh, but yes. That flag was tough today. <laughs> it was tough. Absolutely. I, there I play there the... are so many pins on that green. Like yeah. that, that was a really tough one because if you didn't play it just right, you'd suck down into the into the valley which yeah, that's I all happened. I, yeah, I think that that's somebody happen. else somebody else. Well, you know, that. I there was a point in the round where I think we all started getting cute. Yeah. And the cute thing was like, "Oh, there's a backstop back there. Yep. Watch me bring this thing and back then, down. And I think we all fell prey to it. Yep. And somehow my wedge decided to say, they go to like Mach zero nuclear and goes, it gets stuck on top. Oh boy. And so I have the greatest scenario ever where you have what I thought was going to be a flop shot. Um, down to an impossible green position that basically has a barranca running right yeah. behind it. And Good luck. yeah, I that took a work. big swig. Yeah. And uh, I believe that was new grass. 
like the you know like a cube of grass and i caught like the edge and no that didn't no it didn't work it didn't, 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 no, no, didn't work well, out well yeah. Yeah, got it but no it's it's a gorgeous grain <laughs> it's a cool grain and it and it kind of keeps the drama going 16 sort of a, a reverse cape hole yeah. um we were calling it during construction kind of a cliff hole i mean almost you know kind of inspired by something you you know it looks like something you might play at Bandon Dunes or something where it's like the entire right side is disaster and and, and you've got to bite off as much as you want. And and a really very simple green um, that's up there pretty flat. Um, or I'd say simple for, for these, land man. These standards. two bastards in the room, by the way, are glaring at each other. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to get this out of the way. When you play it, when you play it, there's a speed slot, okay? <laughs> and it's, it's like short right, and if you catch it, it'll roll like for 50 yards. Yeah. So I get up on the tee box, and Vaughn's like, oh, you want to hit this one straight? So I hit it straight over the bunker. Seems like a good play. It's safe, and I've got 130 yards to green. No, I'm not going to cry about it, right? Vaughn gets up. Crap, I hit a bad one. And it's like a 400-yard drive down this speed <laughs> slot. And he's like, oh, it's going to go on the gunch. And I'm like... Are you kidding me? And then all three of these idiots do the same damn shot and hit 500-yard drives. Like, and I'm sitting back there like I'm, I've got like training wheels on, wondering like, what just happened to me? I don't understand. Happen? I took Vaughn's advice and I did it right. That's where we're getting Thanks to. Thanks a lot, Vaughn. So what the hell? Yeah, Can we exactly. get rid of the speed slot, we'll, please? We'll, we'll, we'll fill in the speed slot. Yes, absolutely. Cut that out. Get I it. thought it was fine. Oh, yeah. My, my favorite part is he hits it and he goes, that ball's dead. I'm like, dead in the middle of the fairway 400 yards down. Yeah. Oh, gosh, love murder. It. I love how hard these fairways are. They're just running out like They crazy. really are. It's amazing. And I, mean, then, you know, uh, they, I mean, the course isn't even really truly open. I know. Isn't that crazy? And it's playing it's like, like a so three-year-old fast. course. It's so fast. It is. It's so good. That was a great decision by Will to sod it. I mean, it's just in such a good position now because of that. But uh, one of my favorite little random features on the golf course is like when you're walking up to 16 green which is kind of we you know what i call like a cliff hall green falls off on the right side you got your your bunkers on the right side pretty straightforward green um but as you're walking up there there's this reveal of, of 17 behind yeah and we, we shave we shave this hill down so you would when you're standing on 16 it would open up views and that's your backdrop yeah. and you know a lot of times out on this this course you know you're 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 playing a hole but you're looking at the one that's coming up next it's distracting and, and i think that's no more true than going to 17 because you've been because of the long views out here i mean you've been staring at the 17th green off and on for the better part of four hours and you kind of like know that you're going to be there. Yeah. And one of the analogies I give is like I used to do a lot of canoeing with my family when I was a kid. And I used to get really nervous when you'd hear the the rapids. And the yeah, distance. coming up. You can't see you them, get, but you, you can hear the, them. You get the butterflies and you yeah. can hear them. And that's kind of what I feel like, you know, 17 is like. Like it's like I'm going to be over there. Yeah. I'm going to have to get get on this thing here you know, yeah. at some point. And, uh, and that's definitely a kind of a crescendo moment. And um you know, 17 is just, I mean, there's nothing like it. Um, you just got to see it. I mean, it's drivable, it's drivable or it's not. Yeah, it's drivable <laughs> right? or it's not. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Uh, you know, predominantly downwind, um, 300 yards. Um, I saw a guy put it on there with a one iron today. 
Um, I've put it on with the three wood and I've put it on with a driver and I've also in the wrong wind, I mean, had a hard, you know, it's like, you might not be able to get there, but it's like, it's, um, it's just a, a fascinating hole with all the different, um, things that can happen. And and it's a pure, like, I mean, it is truly like a risk reward, total risk reward hole. And there's, and the fairway is so big and so wide and there's so many different places you can go. I told Will during construction that it was, it kind of reminded me like of this drivable par four version of McKenzie's four route drawing of, of the 14th hole at St. Andrews that yeah. he has in, in, in the spirit of St. Andrews where he explains these different routes. And like there, there are these different routes you could take out there and each one has a, a risk reward component to it. And there's one little high shelf up on the left-hand side that oh. if you wanted to pound it up in there. Like yeah. you could, you were at the it level. Is, and of, it's a the, perfect swing yes. to hit, like hit that yes. little window. And if you get it up in there, you are like, on the same level, almost a downhill putt onto the main shelf of the green, which is <clears throat> just this really, really long, big, <clears throat> just, you know, the whole thing's pinnable, basically. A pretty easy shot um, for a second shot. So, but there's also places you can put it where it's like insanely difficult. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you look at this, I think it's it's so expertly done, this, you know, this, this tee shot, because if to put some kind of describer to it is you have a window that feels 15 yards wide on the left side of the green. And yesterday I hit that window and I was on the green. I was so happy. And and there was no wind today. We're playing with like, I don't know, 20 mile per hour wind in our back at that time. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, I can go down the right side. Now the right side you have a massive bunker that's I yep. don't know, feels like ten feet deep. Oh, it's so deep. Yeah. And then on the right side, you have what must be like a, a ten degree slope coming yep. off that green yep. cut yep. that's going to roll that thing Way 30, down. 40 yards off the fairway. Oh yeah. I mean, it is in 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 the greatest risk reward position. Yep. You're in hell bunker. Yep. You're in forty yards down the Rejected. fairway, or you can make this little window. Yep. Yeah. Cut it in there yeah. and get it. And you're in, in your, your plan. You're and we're not even talking about the insane off. green. Yes. It is a, a massive, massive two-tier massive green. green. And the back, I mean, will they ever pin that back green? Absolutely. Yeah. I think they pinned it for the, uh, I think they may have pinned it for the end, but you definitely could. Far back right. Yeah. So, so that, okay, give like a picture of the green, like so... It's fairly well sloped from back to front, but talk about that next tier. Like, what is the, like, give, if we could paint a picture, what is that height from back that to front? Next tier from the middle tier to the top tier. I mean, that's probably a, I mean, that's got to be a good seven foot transition. Oh, I was thinking more off the top of my more. head. I mean, I mean it was, it's massive. It's massive. It's a lot. It's yeah. huge. And then you get up into this other upper deck. And there's a really crazy pin that actually this is something Mark and I worked on when he was shaping the green. There's an upper bunker high left side that you don't actually see from the tee, but it is abuts the back tee on number two. Oh, cool. Yeah. So when you're standing on the back tee on two, I mean, your your foot could be one foot away from this bunker Mm. that's way up high on 17. And that upper plateau of the the green wraps hard around that feature in 
is down underneath that bunker and there's like this little tiny pin that's up there where you could actually put a pin where it might actually be blind or very, very much semi-blind from the tee. Like almost impossible to get yeah. to. Like you'd have to hit like a moonshot. Like John Daly in his prime probably could have done it. Like hit a ball 300 yards straight up in the air that came down like a pitching wedge. Yeah. But like otherwise you're going to – I mean it would be a really, really hard pin, but you could put it there. And um, we kept – Mark kept carving and carving and carving into that hill to get that green pushed back up in there to get just like one, like one more pin placement. Like, as yeah, we yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> 34, Murderers row already, yeah. right, yeah. So that was fun, you know, like, battling all that stuff out and, and, and working through it. I mean... Uh, I mean, who doesn't like a drivable par four, every, first of all? Exactly, and I think being the penultimate hole is, is... I think two things... I think the sit-well works great is the penultimate green... And I think it works really, really well being at the end of a drivable par four. I don't think it would work on a par three so well or par five. It, it's just the right yeah. distance for that yeah. kind of hole. And um, and so and you know we really like match play, and that's just a great match play. Oh, so true. Great match play finish, and then you come to eighteen, and you have the gigantic milk carton bunker, and um, you know you pound it over the semi, right side, semi blind. Right? I mean, yep. you can see the green and, and site. One thing I love about that hole is that the tee is down low mm-hmm. and you're hitting up and out. I mean, on a, on, a, on a golf course full of all these like mega dramatic tee shots where you're up high, you have this, all this visibility. Yeah. Your last tee shot is like trust. Trust. Yeah. And you don't see the fairway. Yeah. And it's this Himalayas bunker like that you're hitting out over and you blast it out there. And if you hit the right line, I mean, it will go so far with the wind behind you. And then you've got a decision, like, am I going to wimp out and, you know. Not and and you're dealing right? with, you basically have a double fairway, right, between fairway, first and 18. Right. Yep. So it's kind of a St. Andrews, yep. St. Andrews, you know, kind of field, at least yep. from a double fairway For standpoint. Sure. And then, you know, one of my favorite moments from our round is Josh hit one and it's going up the right side. And a couple guys were like, I think that's all right. I'm like, that's dead. I'm, like, I'm just like so matter of fact, like that's so dead. Like that ball's gone. Like just, we're done. You know, it was, but it's, it gives you that, right? It has, yeah, yeah. there's, there are, I mean, it's probably one of the few times that I can think of on the course where there is a bunker in the fairway that you can't see. That's right. On the blind yeah. shot that's yeah. up yeah. there. Yeah. Now I think your better players, depending on the tee box you play, are probably going to carry those unless yeah. you hit a miss hit. And then you have this beautiful finishing hole with, I mean, I don't, it was a two-story, three-story bunker yeah, on the absolutely. left-hand side. It's a gigantic bunker that... You got a haystack the, 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 like the, the, sitting in the middle of that thing. Which is an ode to the Pons Asinorum feature at La Hinch, which yeah. is no longer in existence. So we were building the golf course and... I told, uh, I think it was Jeff Bradley. I said, like, man, leave me a big pile of dirt over there. I want to take the mini over there. And I, like, have this weird thing. I'd seen a picture of the Pons Asinorum, which is Latin for, like, don't go there or something. Yeah. It's like, you're hell, screwed. Hell's door. You're, you're <laughs> right, going to die. Right. And so I'm like, I want to build, like, this Pons Asinorum thing. And so I carved this little tower into this pile of dirt that, that you know somewhat resembles the Pons Asinorum and anyway it's it's a place you don't want to be but it's um 
What's cool about that bunker too is like, that's where you started off. And so yeah. it, the number one teaser right there and, and, and like a lot of stuff at Landman, there's always a sense of anticipation and you know, standing there, like I'm going to have to confront this thing before the day's over, like one way or another, I'm like in it or not. I'm like in, when you're in there and in, in that moment, and it's that part five. Shot, so it's, it's five. your fault if you're it's in your it, fault if you're right? in it. And 100%. it's like, that is a very dramatic thing when you're standing there with that ball and it's like, I got a chance to hit a shot that I'm going to remember forever yeah. or I'm going to murder somebody I'm up by the like, pro shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm I gonna, tried that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that's a, that's just a really awesome dramatic finish to a dramatic golf course. And, um, my friend, Will Bardwell, I think said it best. He said, you know, that's like finishing on top of an exclamation point. And, and that's, yeah. that's the way that this golf course had, had to finish. And, um, you know, I was saying earlier tonight, I, I think that, you know, the golf courses that really stick to your ribs that you really remember are ones that are of the place where they exist, of that region. And one course that sticks out in my mind is um, the Country Club at Brookline. I had an opportunity to tour that um, with the superintendent probably six years ago or something. And my brother lives in, in, in that area. And, um, like, it's like the most quintessential new England landscape, Mm -hmm. the rock outcroppings and the fescue and the, just the, it's so new England. It hurts. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's meant to be there. It's like, that is, it could not be anywhere else. Yeah. And so, um, like I kept thinking about that, when we were doing this project and like, we have to do a golf course that is of the Los Hills, that is of this part of Nebraska. And in, in the way that the country club golf course honors that new England aesthetic and that whole thing that is that part of the world, um, this place had to have that vibe of these dramatic Los Hills. And that's why we have all these really dramatic features is because, that's was the question that this land was asking yeah. us. We had to respond with a golf course that did not shy away from what you're, it, no, what it right. needed to be. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the other place that, um, and I'm not trying to draw comparisons. I'm just speaking of things I've noticed. Um, when I played Pine Valley, I, I thought, my God, this place is like so unafraid to be in this landscape right it's not it's not making any excuses no no. it's like come on yeah and and And, you you need it right you need it that's what like they were unapologetic in in embracing the extreme boldness and awesomeness of that sandy landscape yeah and the rawness of that and and that's what pine valley is and it's like well landman has to be of this place and it has to embrace these gigantic hills and it has to embrace that and feel like it is of that and it's not running away from it like a, a, a dog with its tail between its legs. Yeah. It's got to stand have up. To. It I mean, has to. If you, as you we, try would have, we would have wasted the Andersons' money. Yeah. We would, nobody, people would come out here and feel like it was incongruent with the landscape if we didn't do that. And that is ultimately one of the things i'm most proud of is that like this place is i think of this region 
Yeah. Well, and, and, and to give some picture to the viewer, you see these hills from like, I don't know, eight miles away? Yes. And I, so we came in at night. It wasn't night, but I guess we were coming in. We, I guess we went out to dinner the other night. And I mean, from like eight miles away, we can see the lights from the clubhouse, like eight miles away. I know, isn't that insane? I mean, it truly is one of the coolest approaches to a golf course. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the golf course at all. I'm talking about the yeah. way into the golf it course. It's one of the absolute coolest approaches to a golf course I've ever seen anywhere. It literally goes from dead flat yes, and you're, to 400 feet up. And you're looking at it and you're <laughs> going like, oh my God, that's Landman over there. And you're like, there's the flagpole. And then... And you're like, oh, we're going to be there really soon. And you're like, 10 minutes later, you're still driving. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then you're sort yeah. of going past these cornfields and these, you know, th- this this road. You know, it's kind of this gravel road, this yellow brick road. And um, and you're just going and going and going. And then, and then you're there. And it's that anticipation just like it just builds and builds and builds. And the golf course mirrors that because there's always this building sense of anticipation, particularly as you get to those last four holes. And I'll say this, like, and you've heard this compliment from me already, but you know, one of the the things that really takes me aback is there are drastic elevation changes throughout this property. And I mean, drastic, they, they will literally blow your eye sockets out. When you look at some of these visuals, like I said, on, um, was it on 13, 14, no 13, where you know the easy hole that Josh referred to is it, it, it you drop into this oblivion and the ball looks like it's going to go 500 yards and yet and as I mentioned before it's an easy walk like I, it, it, is. it doesn't make sense because you're dropping like 150 feet That's but so, you don't go up 150 feet it's, in the next shot it's really not and that was so important to us that, that this golf course be walkable. Um, I think that the best golf courses are walkable and we would have been doing a disservice to the Andersons and ourselves and the people who are going to come play here if it wasn't a viable option. And um, it just had to be. And and we went to great lengths to make it walkable. And it's still, I mean, to your point, I mean, I get what you're saying and it surprises me to this day. And one of the places that really gets me is I, I walked it the other day was like, you know, you come off a number two and you're way up high and then you're down on three. And I, every time I get to three green, I turn around and I look back at two green and I'm like, how did that happen? How did I get here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How did I get to this point? And yeah. like in my, I don't feel tired. Like it's the hormones. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like giving birth. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> but it's like you, you traverse through this landscape and then like you look at number 12, which is like, way up high you're like i'm never gonna get over there that's too far away and you know ron witten um he came out um it was probably maybe a a year ago or something like that or a little 14 months ago or something like that and he and i walked around and he made a really astute awesome comment that stuck with me he said you know this place, because there's a golf course here, it offers you a chance to walk through an environment you otherwise would not go through. Yeah, This yeah. is not land in its natural state that you would ever go 
hey, kids, let's go for a Sunday hike. <laughs> right, right. They would be like, I'm revolting. I'm moving to a new family. Yeah, Bye. right. My heart yeah. just exploded Good luck with in that. my chest. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's too severe to walk through. And but because of the way the earth was moved and creating these slopes that are walkable, you're, you're interacting and you are inside this landscape that is like this visual fun house that I, there's just there's nothing else like it yeah. because you're never in a landscape like no. that. Yeah. You're never in it. You're yeah. never in that walking around through yeah. it because you never would because it's too severe to walk around. Well, and you know, there's another point that goes with that very walkable sense is there are holes that are, you know, gradually uphill, but, and maybe this speaks to most golfers. I think, I don't know if anybody golfer, any golfers who say, no, I like this effect, but you play a hole that's so steep that when you hit your driver, it just stops. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I normally hit it, you know, 270, my yeah. carry's 250 yeah. and it's going to go 250. Yeah. And it's just, or it's yeah. 230 because it's yeah. so steep and it goes in the hill and it never moves. The ball is always moving. The ball is Sometimes bounced. sideways, but yeah. always moving. No, the ball bounds forward really well. And that, that was... A, and that speaks a, that to the a, slope, right? That was a very pleasant, or I was happy to see that. Like I hit a ball on 15 yesterday that landed probably 20 yards short of the green and just like rocketed up that false front and, and went and stopped like six feet from the hole and then I missed the putt. But, <laughs> but it was so fun to watch that ball yeah. climb like that. And, you know, one of the things that Tad and I kept saying to ourselves during construction was like, we do not want to wind up with like 18 uphill holes out here. Like, I mean, I know that wasn't literally going to happen. That's an exaggeration, but like, the last thing in the world we want is just like to continue. Like, oh my God. Or up, uphill. down, up, exactly. down, you yeah. know. Getting variety so you weren't doing that and then also not feeling like you're always hitting uphill. That too was a, a big accomplishment and a huge credit to the guys moving the dirt. I mean, that that was not easy to do that. Yeah. And, um, and you don't get that sense at all. No, I, I mean, think. like, I'm, I'm thinking you know, through you, you I know I had uphill you shots. You had some uphill shots. But I don't remember them. But they don't, it's not <laughs> egregious. Yeah. You know, I've never played Augusta National. I've been there a bunch for the tournament. And I was out there this year with the practice round with my daughter and my, my brother and his wife. And I was thinking a lot about Landman and the uphill nature of some of these holes. And... Um, I was looking at some of the shots at Augusta National again through that lens and just thinking comparatively, you know, Augusta's very hilly site, yeah, very hilly, yeah. And there are some uphill shots at Augusta National that are, I think, just visually quite a bit more uphill than, than Landman. Like when you're standing down in the bottom of the hill on number nine and looking up at that brain, yeah, it's like, yeah, my god, that thing's straight up, yeah, like terrifying number, too. Number 18 is. A uphill tee shot here at Landman, but I or sorry, uphill approach shot. But I think that nine at Augusta is higher. I mean, eight feels like it goes way up. Um, you know, they they have a few shots like that that are um, to me seem even more severe than than Landman's uphill. And I mean, look, I love the ninth old Augusta National. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying we didn't do anything that was egregious as far as uphill holes and that that took work and, yeah. I, and i'm glad it worked out the way it did yeah because that we had to fight I, a fight i mean i think anytime somebody steps to fight to do that someone steps onto the t-box of number one yeah 
and you see the landscape, yeah. I think the expectation is I'm going to see a lot of these drives that don't roll yeah. because I'm hitting uphill. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think there was one of them that I saw from our entire group that didn't go forward. Oh my I mean, it may have still been uphill, like, but yeah. The ball was just screaming across the ground. I mean, it just was was really a thrill to watch it run like the, the way it is. And that's credit to, to Will and all his guys and Pat and everybody. I mean, they've got this thing dialed in before it even opens. I mean, it's yeah. it's only going to get better. I mean, that's, that's a, a really exciting thing. I mean, you know, as this grass matures, they'll, they'll be able to take the height of cut down a little bit. And, you know, that shot on number eight with that, that I tried to putt. 30 yeah. on our wind, that, that will yeah. be puttable. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So, um, it's going to be fun to see the next couple of years how this place matures. And, um, you know, these guys, we're all going to learn. I mean, this land is going to teach us things that we probably don't know right now. And they'll react and they'll just keep making it better. Yeah. I'll tell you. I mean, you know, here I am, you know, in a crowd of Golf Digest, Golf Magazine, you know, people who know golf course architecture. And, you know, the pulse in that room is so much excitement for what you guys have done here. That's really I mean, cool. it's just, it is, there's a, a word, and, and, and I mean it in two different ways, magnificent, right? One meaning, you know, great, but also sizable, right? That yeah. fits that. It's like you're playing on a cloud. You're playing on a constellational map when you play this thing. I mean, yeah. it's so vast yeah. and spectacular, and and I and I, I know I said this to you before, but um, you know the best thing about this is you have this world class golf course um, that you know is reminiscent in 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 places of you know sand hills, prairie dunes, mm-hmm. Bally Neal, all of which are private courses, and anyone can come play here. That's pretty awesome, right? And it's and, and by the way, you know, they were out there. I think there were people playing in t-shirts, oh, yeah. untucked, oh, yeah. you know, very casual people yep. just. And the one thing we all have out there is everyone just loves golf. And they're like, did you see that shot? <laughs> or like, oh, my God, that green. Did yeah. you see the green? Yeah, and absolutely. It's a kindred, your kindred, kindred yeah. experience. But, and, and I think that, that that's what golf should be about, right? Yep. It's. You know, the architecture should inspire, the architecture should challenge, the architecture should, you know, make you want more of it, yeah. more out of the game, more out of yourself, more of this opportunity, more holes. Once you play 18, you're like, why can't we play another 18? <laughs> and it does that. Yeah, I think absolutely. from that, I mean, you know, I think it's going to be, a, well, from a financial standpoint, massive success. I think from a rating standpoint, a massive success. And I, I think it sets, you know, part of a new standard for what we need to do in, for public golf, because there is a deficit of great public golf courses. There hundred percent is. And there are so many cities and, and, and places where there, there are so many great golfing states and cities around this country that are underserved in the quality of golf that they have to enjoy. And, um, that makes me feel uh, positive about the direction of golf in my lifetime and and also about um, opportunities for, you know, 
continuing the, the craft of architecture and, and having new and exciting opportunities because there is a pent up demand for things like Landman, or it doesn't even have to be, you know, super spectacular like Landman, just, it just can be really compelling like Overton Park. I mean, like just a fun place to go play. Um, and people, one thing I've learned from Sweden's Cove is people will seek out and, and go see interesting golf. And, um, and, and particularly in, in areas that are populated, man, they will flock to places if you just give it to them. Yeah. Just don't be stupid and build a big old white whale of a clubhouse. Yeah. You know, no, just, I mean, just stick to the golf. And, look at and, today. And it ain't complicated. You know, there's a Floridian there. There's North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. There's Milwaukee. People coming from people from Wisconsin Oakland, California. California. I mean, that was the thing that I just kept. I had a huge sense of gratitude today to Vaughn and, and, and everybody. Um, and you, everybody who was there, I just was like, it just almost brought a tear to my eye. Like, this is like this is so cool that all these people came to see this place. Yeah. It meant so much to me and Tad. After all the hard right? work and, and, and to get to share it with people. I mean, it's like you do, you do, you just grind, 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 grind. And then finally you get to like, this is like Christmas, you know, it's yeah. like you get to share it with people and, and, watch people hit shots and I played 36 today and I've got more friends coming in tomorrow yeah. and um you know I'm gonna play till Will throws me out of here and and yeah, uh right. and you know it's like um it's just it's just fun to to get to experience it with people I can't wait to bring my girls out here um and have them see it um they haven't been here yet and um you know, coming back here to me is like coming home in a lot of ways. I mean, I driving out here during COVID and getting to know the Andersons. I mean, there's just this this place has got it. it it's, it's like it's got it it's so got true. the it factor on the golf. It's got the it factor on on the vibe that that Will and those guys have and created. Everybody here is and, so and, welcoming. And, and it's all and, and the, the the feeling today is what is going to carry forward because that's what this place is. That's what Will's created. Yeah. And it's just, um, I mean, the, I mean, it's got such a bright future. I'm just, it, it's just a thrill to, 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 to see it. Yeah. And it's, it's like family up there. Totally. Like I met all these people in the all last two. I got Steve. Like, Steve's running like, across the I got like to five, say hello. six different numbers, you know, yeah. today of guys and, you know, people who are going to hopefully come see us at Sweetens and, um, you feel like you've got new friends yeah. and that's, that's just that's what golf that's is, right? That's what golf is. Yeah. So, all right, so before we end, what are you working on now? What, 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 what are you working on? What are you chasing? What are you, what got, are you looking we've for? We've got some really cool stuff going on. Um, we're working on a, a nine-hole par three course um, for a family. I, I, I probably can't give a whole lot more information yeah, than that. don't tell them it's me. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> wife doesn't know yet. She doesn't know yet, but you're, she, she's going to love it. She, yeah, she's she'll really going to like it. Indeed. We're going to do a lot that of really... That Redan's going to be amazing. <laughs> Honey, you won't believe this Redan. <laughs> That's right. And the punch bowl's incredible, That's right. too. Um, we're going to do a nine-hole uh, reversible par three down at um, uh, in South Carolina um, at uh, Palmetto Bluff, which is going to be, be awesome. That's a great place. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm really excited about that. We've got a new... 
uh, 18 that we're going to be working on next year. There should be an announcement coming out about that soon. Um, and then we're currently um, wrapping up a, a project called Red Feather in, um, in Lubbock, Texas. And it's just one of those, it's another one of those ones, man. I'm like, are, the guys are crushing it so hard. And it's like, every time we go out there, we're like, <laughs> this place it's got it too yeah. and 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 it's just fun working with talented people who who are passionate and and want to do cool stuff and red feather's got the it factor too every time i go out there i just get more and more excited about that and and we'll we're siding that right now we've probably got you know 12 or 13 holes sodded and and we'll finish it up for the most part this year and then grass the last few in, in the spring and they'll open next year um so we're excited about that and then got some other good inquiries i mean i don't have anything to complain about i'm happy man and and, and, I'm, and i'm and i've got i've got my buddy vaughn uh working <laughs> working with us on a uh really cool project uh a, a, a public nine holer and and josh over here and um we're we're super excited about that. We don't. I I wasn't bringing it up because I, I we don't actually have a a set timeline on it. But um, it, it it's coming up, and um, we'll uh, we're excited to work on that too. So, so I'll give you one last question. So, it, how would you describe your style of design? Like, so I'm hiring King Collins. Um, I got a, you know, piece of property. You, you're not allowed to see it. And I'm, and I'm trying to think like, what, what's, what's King Collins going to do? Like what's, what, you know, maybe it's not even your words. What are people going to say about King Collins that would be, that would stand out and be different perhaps? Well, what I will say is, um, Tad and I, this may come as a surprise, but we guard closely against wanting to get typecast in this industry. Sure. Um, I have seen other architects, um, through no fault of their own, get pigeonholed as being one thing or another. And um, we, <laughs> number one, didn't want to get typecast as the guys who do really quirky bald nine hole golf courses <laughs> so landman was a good yeah. good uh filled in well to help you know avoid that that feeling um and it, it we do have a flair for the dramatic um in the bold but i don't want us to be seen as like these guys who just do like this bold wild it's, no, nothing is yeah. nothing is done we don't ever do something for the sake of let's do something bold. Let's do something. It's it, there's, there's a reason there's a thought process behind everything. Um, I would say we have a unique, very unique flair and an, an artistic touch, um, that's born out of grinding it out in the field with a bunch of really talented people. And I mean, I mean, our work is kind of like, a Fabergé egg in a way in that each client is going to have something that's different than the other one. They're, they've all got their own characteristics, but there's, you know, maybe some similarities between each one, but you know, Tad and I, 
don't want to do a hundred projects. We, I, we want to, we'll do two a year maximum. Each one of them we have to crush and each one of them I want to be its own special thing. And, and each one asks a different question and, but it has to have a flair and a vibrancy and a, and a light in it that, um, only comes through just intensely focusing on it and working with really talented people. That's great. Great one. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great honor to be on. Yeah. A little history there, right? A little we history. Did, we put in the little public touch in the beginning, yeah, and got into the history of uh, King Collins, and it was is awesome to be on, man. It's great to see you again, and um, I'm going to talk to Matt about lifting the band. I can't make any promises. <sighs> I know it's it's really ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I've, I've been shut down at the gates. That's right. I mean, I think they we, threw we turned my clubs in the pond last yeah, time. Yeah, we, we turned your 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 private jet around at the airport. It's a helicopter. It's a helicopter. There's sound ordinances. I think they blamed it on. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Very cool, man. Thank you so it much. It was a blast. Thanks, man. It's on a very rare occasion that we at Talking Golf History dive into a golf course opening. But I can assure you, Landman is no ordinary golf course. I believe that this public golf club is on the verge of making golf history. It is wild, it is raw, and most of all, it's fun. Please forgive us for dipping our toe into the modern world, but I felt that it was a story that everyone should hear. Again, A very special thanks to Will Anderson and the folks at Landman, Rob Collins and King Collins Golf Design, and our production partners, Story Lounge Film Company. Before we sign off, let me say a special thanks to you. 91 episodes. Every time I think about it, it's absolutely shocking to me. Without your interest, I wouldn't be here. So thank you for the motivation. Until next time. Yours in golf history. This is Charlotte Lewis. Okay, do it again and go yours. Yours. (laughs) Yours in golf history. This is Charlotte Lewis. Okay, we're going to do it again. When I do this, you say the word. Ready? And go. Yours in golf history. This is Charlotte Lewis. <laughs> That's because you suck at that. Right, Yours in golf history. This is Charlotte Lewis. One more time, you want to try? Yeah. Okay, right. and go. Yours in golf history. This is Charlotte Lewis. Let's go. One more time, you want to do?